Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Right now on KSL Plus. Without nurses, we can't have hospitals. At the end of a worldwide pandemic. Hands down the hardest years of my career. Nurses are hanging up their scrubs. It was just ridiculous. And some patients are feeling it. Oftentimes I could hear other patients yelling, I need help, I need help, where are you, I need help. I'm Matt Rascone, and this week, my conversation with Debbie Worthen about her coverage of the nursing shortage, its impact at Utah hospitals, and where the profession goes from here. Take us back to when this story started. It started when you started looking into right. what's going on with nurses. So a few months ago, I had a source reach out to me, and they said, hey, enrollment, nursing enrollment for students at Westminster is way down this year for the first time in, you know, like 50, 60 years. And so that was a big story. So I pitched that as my night size story for the day, you know. Right. And we went and shot that, that part of it, and pretty soon management is like, hey, this is so much bigger. We've had this huge influx of nurses leaving since the pandemic. We know that nursing, there's a nursing crisis across the country now. Why don't you take a little bit more time and figure out really what's going on here in Utah? So we have a researcher. She started researching all the schools that are public here in Utah. What we found is there really wasn't a significant drop, at least not one that stuck around. Most colleges had a small drop in enrollment in general during the pandemic, so graduating classes are a little bit lower, but overall they're back up. But what we did start to find is that nursing has become a huge, huge challenge across the country. And so think about it. So nurses went through a lot during the pandemic, and we've talked about this, and we've we've all covered stories on nurses and, and doctors and healthcare and how everyone's been through so much. I truly love uh, these these nurses and doctors and everybody that's been involved from the beginning. It is a night nine months in the making, and a night a Utah County family did not know would ever come. Last June, Russell Green was admitted to the hospital with COVID, where he fought to live for three months. Tonight, Debbie Worthen met with him and his wife. I didn't fully understand that until I was covering a story. It was a few months ago, so I mean, we're two years 
past the beginning of the pandemic at that point. And there was this um, couple and the husband had survived COVID. He was unvaccinated when he went in, ultimately survived. He was in the hospital for a few months and he and his wife went back to give all of the staff at the hospital uh, blankets just to tell them thanks for saving his life, basically. Every person I interviewed that night from the hospital was getting choked up. I mean, surgeons, nurses, tech support. I mean, it was like across the board. And that was the moment where I thought, okay, the pandemic's been hard for all of us. You know, we, it, there's been a huge hit for mental health. We were all hunkered down with our families. Like it was hard for healthcare. It was a totally different ballgame. And just know that you do good in the world every day. We did it, sweetie. I know. We did it. It's a miracle, but we did it. Nine months ago, Russell was on death's door. It was a long road for sure, you know, with, uh, with nine chest tubes and seven pneumothoraxes and multiple surgeries. Uh, we, were, we were one breath away from, from being gone for a couple of months for sure. This team watched his every move along with hundreds of other COVID patients and took care of his every need. Can you believe that we did it? The emotion is real. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of people die. A lot of people die. It's taken its toll. I think a lot of us have had some PTSD from seeing COVID and how much death was involved with it. So here tonight, watching Russell so full of life means more than any of them could have imagined. When someone we saw who was like on the brink of death, not just once, but a few times, when we see him come back, we know that not only is it a gift from God, um, and a miracle, but we know that it was hard work from all of our staff. To see him standing up, walking, hugging, uh, I, I'm, my heart's full. Several times there were really close calls where, you know, we'd get together and pray and just hope that Russ would make it because he'd been with us for a long time. There's absolutely no question that each one of these doctors, nurses, neighbors, friends were placed in our life for a purpose. Most people think that superheroes carry shields and wear capes. Superheroes to me wear blue scrubs and walk around with a clipboard and they saved my life. So, so you put that on top of just the industry in and of itself and that, that would be tough. You know, it's a pandemic. And during that time, research shows that we had just like a mass exodus of nurses. And a lot of them were experienced nurses. Most of them were the experienced nurses or they were the ones that had just barely graduated. Those that just graduated, the kind of consensus is they weren't equipped to deal with something like this. Like they walk in the door and then they walk right back out. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they're like, okay, I did that job for three months. I'm going to go back to school for something else. Mm -hmm. The experienced nurses were the ones that are like, this is too much. I mean, they went from being able to help people and having loads that were manageable to extra shifts that were mandatory, working around the clock, dealing with death every single day. You know, we we heard that nurses, no one was used to that. Nurses were not used to going in, helping people, then they get sicker, sicker, die. The next person dies, next person dies. I mean, it was just like huge. On top of that, nurses kind of went from hero to zero, if you remember that. First, it was like, oh, frontline workers, thank you so much. A few months in, it was like people were questioning the science. Oh, I'm not getting vaccinated. And then by the time nurses would see them, they're either still anti-vax and dying or they're like, this whole thing's a, a hoax. And so it was just really tough on them. So for Utah nurses, think about this perfect storm is what it's been called by a lot of the people we talk to. Record inflation now. So you have record inflation, which has impacted mm-hmm. all of us. 
um, house prices, specifically here in Utah, which are through the roof. We all know that. Yeah. And then the complete burnout. So you have those three things and a lot that are just like, that's it. Something has to change. We can't even afford a one bedroom apartment. Now we can't afford gas. There's no way we can even think about getting into a home. And, and on top of that, we get into work every single day and we can't even really effectively do our jobs because it's so busy. Over the last two years, nursing shortages have become more severe across the country and in Utah. So I have about 7,200 people who report to me. Tracy Nixon is the chief nursing officer at University of Utah Hospitals and Clinics. The last um, two years have been, two and a half years, have been hands down the hardest years of my career. She's not alone. Nationwide, more nurses left their careers in healthcare during the pandemic than any other time in history. If I could hire 120 nurses today in about seven months, I'll be able to be fully staffed. And those are just nurses. I also need about the same number of HCAs. So we start uncovering all these different layers. And Matt, it was really one of those stories where we could talk all day, every day about the nursing issue. So the um, head of the Nurses Association here in Utah, she's been a nurse for uh, something like 45 years. And she represents 38,000 nurses here in the state. Hmm. And they did all this research. And she said, number one, nationwide, to replace the nurses that have left and to get us back to a point in the country where we need to be as far as nurses go, it's a $7 billion problem. Oh, wow. I mean, so it's huge. And then it's not just a simple fix. It's not just like, oh, give them a raise. Or it's not just, oh, um, you know, give them better health care or daycare or something like that. It's multifaceted. There are a multitude of things and it's, it's um, nothing is a quick fix. Liz Close advocates for the Utah Nurses Association and is 38,000 professional members. If you're an ICU nurse, you're used to saving people, you know. You're not used to everybody coming in, getting sicker and sicker and dying. And doing it over and over and over with no time. Which is what many nurses described as their experience over the last two years. Somewhere in the neighborhood of $7 billion of um, cost overall to replace nurses that have left. As more nurses leave the profession, the workload gets harder for those who stay. So there are some forums that started popping up here in the state. And we found one. It's Unite UTRNs. And it's where nurses can go and just anonymously discuss things they're mad about. Now, some of it's stuff like you're going to find that at any company. You yeah. know, all of us want more money. No one wants inflation. We all, you know, no one wants to have houses that aren't affordable. That impacts all of us. But then you start getting down to the nitty gritty. And so it's just like, you know, there needs to be some kind of change. But hiring nurses on the heels of a global pandemic is proving to be a huge challenge. And keeping nurses is no easier. In recent weeks, nurses locally and across the nation have rallied together and marched, protesting pay and hours. A local Instagram account called Unite UTRNs is a forum where nurses openly and anonymously discuss things like pay, benefits, and patient care. Without nurses, we can't have hospitals. Worried about their employment, some of these nurses agreed to speak to KSL if we did not show their identity. We shoulder so much responsibility for not very much money. We're substantially underpaid. We're, you know, we're 20% below the national average. You know, because when someone's telling you, oh, we're underpaid, we're underpaid, <laughs> you know, I, I would guess, Matt, everyone in every p- p- profession everywhere would say, I'm underpaid. Sure. Uh, you know, right? Okay, but nurses really are in Utah. 
So we, we looked at the Bureau of Labor Statistics to check out numbers. Well, nurses in Utah make less than every surrounding state. And in some places, it's significant. So mm-hmm. they make 22% less here than they do in Nevada. Hmm. Uh, Arizona, much more in Arizona. Um, now, here's what's interesting. Montana, these were some of the ones that were surprising to me. Montana, Wyoming, Idaho. So these are places where the cost of living is actually lower than Utah, I'm assuming. I'm assuming cost of living <laughs> in Montana, Wyoming, and, and many parts of Idaho. I know they've had you know, a housing boom as well. Those places all have much lower uh, cost of living, and their nurses are making more. Hmm. Okay, so here, here's a couple of things that we found. So Un- University of Utah Health, they were very transparent, very open, talked to us a lot about the issue. And I was impressed because it'd be easy to just blow us off. And, sure. and really, Intermountain Healthcare did blow us off. They said, we haven't even had a nursing issue at all. Now, I have to take that. They just that denied and, the problem exists. Yeah, they said there's no problem. They said that hasn't hit us. Now, I have to take that as the official word because that's what they told me. That goes against everything I've heard from people working you know, on the floor. Mm-hmm. So um, University of Utah Healthcare said, yes, we, are, we recognize this is a problem. So immediately, they bumped up a cost of living increase that was going to happen later in the year. They put that into effect now. They have given a small raise, but they're kind of up against this, all of these elements that you can't just say, okay, here's a 30%, 40% raise. I mean, that takes time to do that. Right. So the director of nursing there at University of Utah Health, she said, you know, this, is, this has been horrible. She said, this whole thing has shined a huge bright light on the cracks in the, in the profession that have been around for years. She said nurses have felt like for years they, they shoulder a ton of burden, they have a lot of responsibility, and they just really aren't paid what they should be paid. You know, that goes back, for, you know, as far as history goes. But now it all came kind of to the surface. So she says they're really looking at this as an opportunity. Now, you know, if, if I'm working for a place and I'm seeing that the executives are making half a million dollars a year and I can't afford my rent, it's, that's hard to swallow when they're telling you those things. Mm-hmm. But I did get the impression from University of Utah Health that they recognize they've got to do something. I mean, their nurses are underpaid. That's, I mean, statistics show it. It's not even just a bunch of complaining nurses. It's actually true. They've said they need to hire, you know, close to 300 nurses and support team that they can't even hire. Now, the other issue that comes into play is the travel nurse. You know, we hear all about the travel nurse. And if you think about the travel nurse, so travel nurses will make up to four times as much as a regular on-staff nurse. So in a lot of cases, those, those travel nurses are making as much as like an ER doctor that's on staff. I saw some of the salaries in a W-2 that one source showed me from a travel nurse from last year who made $200,000 hmm. as a travel nurse. Now, the issue with travel nurses is they're kind of like freelancers. You know, like when I started freelancing at KSL, I could do a live shot. I could get my story on air, but I didn't know where the bathrooms were. I didn't know how to enter my web scripts. You know, you just don't know all of this other stuff. We had, um, and, and this another hard thing about covering a story like this is, these are people who worry about retaliation. They don't want to get fired. They don't want to lose their jobs by saying that there's a problem. And we can all understand that. Yeah. And it also goes with patients. It was hard to find patients who are willing to say, yes, that was a huge problem for me. Um, I had one source who was, it was still too raw for them to talk about it. But their, their father actually passed away. 
And they were in the room the first day that he was admitted, and a travel nurse said, and now whether this was the issue or not, the travel nurse said, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing here right now. Uh You know, and so for for someone to hear that and then their loved one dies, that's horrible for patient care. So when we started doing this story, I didn't just want it to be a huge complaining, like complain, complain, complain. Mm -hmm. You know, is it valid? What we found is the numbers show their concerns are valid. Hospitals have turned to travel nurses to fill the gaps. Nurses who earn up to four times more than nurses on staff. They're nurses just like myself, but they're just, they don't know our facility. They don't know where things are. They might not know our, you know, system. It doesn't go unnoticed. At the University of Utah Hospital, Sarah Shear says they are aware of the issues and trying to fix them. Compensation is extremely important, and that has been one of our top priorities for the past 18 months. I just don't know that at this exact moment in time, change can occur fast enough. Nurses in Utah earn an average of $34.99 an hour. That's behind every surrounding Western state. Nevada nurses are paid 22% more. Arizona and Colorado also significantly more. Utah is almost 14% below the national average. For the national average, is $39 an hour. We look at comparable markets in Oregon, Washington, California, closer to $45 an hour, $48 an hour. Uh, nurses across the country have been rallying. They've been striking. In Utah, in July, there's going to be a certain amount of time where they're going to refuse taking extra shifts because they feel like that's just forced on them. And really, in some cases, it probably is, you know, but they need the money. So it's this kind of double-edged sword. Uh, But when you advocate for nurses, you advocate for patient care. I mean, the happiest employees give the best service, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to go to a hospital where your nurse is burned out and mad and just frustrated? No, you don't. You want to go somewhere where the nurses are very well taken care of. They're happy. They feel like they're doing valuable work. And some hospitals are doing that. So there's what, there is something called the magnet accreditation. And a magnet certification for nurses is like the gold standard of care. So that's where nurses get time for research. They get uh, manageable patient loads. They just get a lot of respect from the organization. So back in 2005, Intermountain Healthcare had three hospitals and a few other facilities that had just earned that magnet accreditation. And they said at the time, it is our goal to have every uh, facility, every hospital be magnet certified. Yeah. Well, 17 years later, zero. Hmm. Not one single Intermountain Healthcare Hospital has that certification. And when I pushed <laughs> management at Intermountain, yeah. hey, you had this, what's the plan? No response. Asked again, hey, just circling back, what's the plan? No response. Third time, what's the plan? No response, which when I've asked the question three times and it's no response, the response is, we don't want to talk about it. Right. You know, University of Utah Healthcare said before the pandemic, they were looking into that. This has thrown a wrench in everything. The pandemic has been tough. It's not off the table. They still want that. There is one hospital in Utah right now that is magnet certified and surprisingly it's Mountain Star Timpanogos Hospital in Orem. One hospital. One hospital. And so insiders say that when you have a magnet hospital as the patient, you notice this huge difference. You notice that your nurses are happy, they're positive, they take good care of you, there's not turnover, you know, that type of thing. 
Two years ago, I went in for a hip replacement. That surgery began a harrowing two weeks in the hospital for Roger. It was just ridiculous. Roger's stay was just as the pandemic was starting. He could already sense a nursing shortage. Oftentimes, I could hear other patients yelling, I need help, I need help, where are you, I need help. And I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. This was an issue, or a lot of these things were an issue, if I understand right, even before the pandemic started. Oh, yeah. But that's, it's sort of boiled over. Uh, talk about, you mentioned before, the just the inexperience now on the floor oh, because yeah. you have so many of these other nurses who are burned out and just sort of they walked quit. away. Well, Matt, this is what's the huge concern for patient care. Yeah. Because when it comes right down to it, when we're doing a story, we try to determine how does this affect the average viewer. So how does this affect you and I if we go to the hospital? Mm-hmm. Well, how it affects us is when we go to the hospital, most likely the most experienced nurse at the hospital on that floor probably has two to three years experience, which is not a lot. Yeah. And, you know, healthcare when they're troubleshooting, let's say you have something and they just can't really tell right off the bat what the problem is. Well, historically, then they would go to one of the really experienced nurses and say, hey, have you seen this? Because nursing in the medical field is one area where there is just no substitute for experience. So we could get there and they just can't figure it out or something goes wrong and or they miss something and it's not even really their fault. It's just they they don't have the experience or the knowledge yet to know how to deal with it. As nurses leave, many are replaced by younger, less experienced nurses or travel nurses. Nurses we spoke to say that has a real impact on patient care. Patient safety is where my biggest concern is in terms of this whole dynamic. The nurses association has said, we got to get those experienced nurses back and we've got to get the ones that have stayed to stay longer so they can be more experienced long-term. There, there's a bunch of stuff going on, legislation, programs, hospitals, you know, um, union style organizations that are trying to help. It will help, I believe, but it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to what you mentioned at the beginning that seven billion dollars mm-hmm. and that was to sort of that sort of get back to where we were hmm. you know to get those experienced nurses back to get the workforce back to where it was i mean even if we had the money which i'm not sure if the money's there it's going to take time and a lot of hoops to jump through and i think really you know those nurses need to feel valued again they need to feel like what they're doing matters and they have the support from the hospital behind them and then I think once we start doing those things, we can get back to the point where they're, they're really happy to go to work every day, which is better for everyone. So what's the solution? Simply put, pay should be commensurate with responsibility, and uh, ours is not. Those in charge know it's not going to be a quick fix, but say they are listening and serious about change. This is an amazing time for us as professionals to reshape and redesign our profession so we can continue to advance care and take care of our communities. Which is what the nurses with complaints say would make all the difference. I love nursing, I love medicine, I love my patients. I will not go back. Meanwhile, Roger says he may need another hip replacement, but worries the nursing shortage would put him at greater risk. I don't feel I got the care that I needed while I was in there. How much time did you get to do this story on air? It's a five-minute story. 
five minutes. We cut it down several times. It got cut down, cut down, cut down because, I mean, as we're talking, you can see there's so many different layers. And bottom line is healthcare is a huge issue in the country. We, we already know that. Uh, someone's got to pay the bill when it comes to paying nurses more, paying the, the support teams more. So where does that money come from? Now, the Utah nurses say they are going on an overtime and in incentive shift strike from July 9th to July 22nd. All right, so is this the moment for change? I think it is because it's created this huge opportunity where it's not just a small group of nurses that are mad. It's a nationwide, a nation full of nurses that are really frustrated, feeling undervalued, underpaid, overworked, stressed out. And, you know, there's a saying from Hamilton, if you've seen it, this is not a moment, it's the movement. And that's how I kept feeling every time I interviewed someone with this story. This is not the moment, it's a movement. That does it for us this week on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone. We'll see you again next week.